For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, football fans? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Buccaneers insight and entertainment three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So be sure to conveniently download that Odyssey app. Hit that auto download button to have those brand new episodes waiting for you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings when you're on your way to work, brewing your coffee or doing whatever your morning entails of you. Guys, I am Casey Hudson, joined by my co-host Kaylee Mizell, and it is time for us to sail into a new episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Uh, Kaylee, hi. You're out of town. You're probably enjoying some real fall weather while we're sweating down here. (laughs) (laughs) We are dressed differently. That is very true. (laughs) The only time I get to dress winter now is is for hockey stuff. But other than that, I'm back to just sweating walking to my car. (laughs) I totally understand. Um, Yeah, it's been fun. So I'm in Philadelphia. I Mm -hmm. am here for the Phillies games for the World Series. Uh, we have a really great friend who works for the Phillies um, and does a fantastic job with them. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to go to some World Series games tonight. It's probably also it's been uh, a few crazy travel days and staying up late and sure. uh, watching different you know sporting events. So, as you can tell, Jolly Rogers and <laughs> Touchdown fans, my voice is not hanging all in the there way here. <laughs> Um, but I hope that you'll work through me with this podcast, even though I sound like a, a teenage boy, you know, uh, but <laughs> it, at some point of the season it happens to all of us. It's just a given. My mom likes to call it a frog in the throat. And so yes. it wasn't for you helping me with the throat, throat coat tea, um, that I had to buy like four packets of, or four boxes of to make sure I had plenty. Cause I start my morning with it and then I drink it before bed and, that's kind of helped revive me as of late, but we hope that you feel better and get your voice back and everything very soon. Yeah, um, I, I don't feel bad. It's just I don't just know great. Voice. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. As long as there's no sickness with it, we yeah, no, we're happy we're, about we're that. Yes. But as you guys know, Bolts fans, it's been a it's been a journey this season, if you will. The the bull the Bucks are well. How do you say this kindly? Besides fact they're just really kind of sucking as of late um not great great. (laughs) yeah they're really trying to muddle through a lot of different things i i think it's safe to say heading into week nine that there's not one issue to address with this team but first and foremost we'll we'll dive into some team updates because Mm -hmm. we love to bring you guys all current information and coverage here on jolly rogers and touchdowns and kaylee last week coming off of that tough loss that um we had to get through on that post game pod yeah. versus the Ravens. Some news came out, unfortunately. Um, so as you guys know, if you day. missed the previous, the previous episode of Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, we went through the entire unfortunate loss of the bucks to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, I mean, before 10 AM, I think it was, it's confirmed that Tom Brady is going through a divorce with um, his wife, Giselle and that everything was actually finalized. So it wasn't much more mm-hmm. conversation, if you will, on whether or not it was happening or lawyers being involved. It was declared that their divorce was finalized. Um, were you? Yeah, they both surprised? announced it Friday. Yeah. I was, I was I was surprised at how fast it went. But, um, you know, Tom Brady, he, he said that it was an amicable situation. And he said that, you know, that they – 
that they are focusing on their children and their privacy. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's been, I think, as open as he can and and wants to be with the public about the information that he's sharing. Um, And I respect what he is sharing. You know, I think that it's one of those things where obviously it's, it's deeply personal. They were married for 13 years. They have multiple children together. Um, And I'm sure there was a lot of beautiful moments in their marriage and, um, you know, for reasons that I don't think we'll ever fully know or understand, they have chosen to end that. And I think that, you know, that there's a lot of ways in which that that is a real loss um, as they're experiencing that for them and for the children, Um, you know, that that is, it is a real kind of separating and breaking of, 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 of family. However, you know, I, I, I also believe that they love their children and I think that, you know, they, they have a lot of love towards each other um, and that's what they've shared. And so I think that, you know, I, I definitely have faith in, in their character to do their best to, um, you know, be, be as amicable as possible. And that's, and that's kind of what Tom Brady said in his, in some of his very first, um, you know, comments since the divorce. He said, you know, you focus at work when it's time to work. When you come home, you focus on the priorities at home and you just do the best that you can do. He says, that's what I'll continue to do as long as I'm working and as long as I'm being a dad. Um, So obviously still very committed to his job for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and still very committed to his family and to his job as being a father. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that, Kaylee, because I think you're right. Both of the, both Giselle and Tom have shown the character to make this mm-hmm. as amicable as possible. And it's interesting because um, of course in the news break, I, I, my, my family texted me about it. Did you know? And I'm like, no, nobody, nobody could have really fully put their thumb on the timeline of this. And as you said, yeah. it, it was pretty quick. Um, but then as like me, my mom and my sisters and brother were talking about it in our, in our group chat and stuff, my mom chimes in and she was like, you know, just kind of keep them in your prayers because unfortunately an amicable split is almost worse than, you know, a a dramatic blowout because you can't lead with hatred. You can't lead with any sort of strong emotion or you can't convince yourself to feel um, this strong disconnect, if you will, because there was some sort of grander issue here. Like it's just the fact that and I think Giselle said it in her post, they're just, their lives are taking different paths. And mm-hmm. with that, there's no, there's no real closure to that. It's life. It's one of those things that you just call it life. And you've got to figure out how to make that, un, that discomfort and that normality something else. And I think that's what they're figuring out right now. And I know a lot of fans are concerned as to um, how this will placate out on the field. And even though Brady has tried to, let fans know from day one, you know, he tries to compartmentalize everything in his life from his family to when he's on the field and stuff. Um, obviously deep emotions are, are going to weigh on you. And there was a lot of talk about how he was handling the game Thursday night, sitting in the locker room, fully padded hand in head, he- head in hand, um, just kind of still sitting and mulling over everything. And I, I know it's the easiest thing to say that off the field is playing into on the field. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned, top of the segment, I think there's just a lot more going on there. So of course it's easy to say that everything is, is uh, coexisting as an issue, but in the same sense, 
this team's muddling through a lot of issues. They may have may not have much to do with Brady off the field. We'll never know. And as you guys know, Kaylee and I aren't big into speculating, but as big news that um, affects your leader of this team, one of your leaders on this team, uh, obviously that was something we're talking about. So definitely wishing them the best. And it can't be easy to try to put your kids first when you're living in different cities, which is probably what's you know about to take place. Uh, Tom's here because he plays for the Bucks. Giselle is probably going to be living back up north or anywhere else. And so, of course, that's going to be a huge thing. But the good news here is that Brady did get to spend Halloween with his kiddos and mm-hmm. on his Let's Go podcast. Um, he said something kind of funny talking about, you know, he wants to take his kids trick or treating and they have a cool street here in Tampa Bay. And um, the goal for him is to go as unnoticed as possible so that he doesn't have to retreat from the trick or treating and let his kids, you know, stay out and do that part. I haven't figured out yet if that was successful or not, but I'm sure if you just put on the right suit, you could be incognito enough, I would think. Yeah, I think so. And they also they also went and um they handed out they handed out food uh, to Hurricane Ian victims, you know, mm-hmm. in south of Tampa over in in Inglewood. Um that you know, he, they spent, he, they had a Thursday night game. So, well, what do you do with your Sunday, Tom? Well, they spent their Sunday just helping people in the Tampa Bay area. And what a cool way to, to show your kids, um, and the community and just be there for people by Mm -hmm. helping them and, and handing out food and, and just doing that. But Casey, we actually have – there's a lot of news going on, and I want to get some of your thoughts on a few other things. So you mentioned that that was one of the things that that Tom Brady said on his podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he talked about his family, and he talked about, you know, the divorce and everything that he's going through. But he also talked about the Bucks and how things are going and that <laughs> the fact that things are not going very well for them right now. In fact, he said, look, when you've lost five out of six games, there's not a lot of good things to be said. Mm -mm. He went on to say, I do think the silver lining is we've not lost any hope or confidence in each other. So that's really good to hear. Yeah. So we haven't played well enough. Another silver lining is none of the teams in our division have great records. So what we do from here is all ahead of us. And it did seem like this. What I said was on last week's pod is they need to shake everything off. They need to get through it and move forward. They have to change and move forward. Mm -hmm. And it seems, based off of his comments, that that's what this team is trying to do. That they are trying to shake off everything and say, look, we control our destiny from here on out. And so we're going to take ownership, we're going to take leadership, and we're going to move forward in the direction that we want to move in. We are the master of our own fates because of how terribly the NFC South division has gone right now, which we're going to get to and sail into the South later on in the podcast. But it really does leave an opportunity for this team to even at the record that they're at create a lot of their own um, opportunities moving yeah, forward. Make a comeback. Yes, exactly. And so, um, and so I really thought that that was interesting. Um, Tom also, uh, spoke about the news about Shaq Barrett and the, the seems to be, it'll likely be a season ending injury for him, yeah. the Achilles injury suffered by, um, 
Shaq Barrett, he said that that one hurts a lot. There's no doubt. You know, there's no placing that level of ability. He's a tremendous player, great teammate, and we're going to miss him. I'm wondering for you, the Bucks are in a very interesting spot, Casey. Mm -hmm. They still have some room. The trade deadline hasn't passed. Do the Bucks, with the injuries that they have occurred, do they make some last-minute moves to maybe replace Shaq Barrett, to maybe bring a few guys in mm -hmm. to bulk up this team to send Tom Brady and this team out with a bang and do what they truly and originally came in here to do, which is to go all the way to the Super Bowl and win right. it? You know, great question because yesterday <laughs> – um, knowing that the trade deadline was approaching, and I'm sure a lot of people have been seeing all the movement that's taken place since this morning. Um, I actually threw up a question on, on Twitter. If you guys see my eyes leaving the screen, I'm pulling up the tweet so that I can directly address some of the people because there was a lot of feed. There was a lot of responses to this. So I asked, uh, all right, Bucks fans, which player or players would you want to trade for before the deadline? Now, of course, there's going to be some goofy answers in here, but <laughs> you can't trade for a whole new coaching staff. Sorry, Common Sense uh, Patrol. But uh, Josh Allen from Jacksonville, which is an edge rusher, was a request amongst fans. Um, then you had Bradley Chubb. We got, no we got no pass rush, as somebody mentioned. Well, guys, in this moment, as of moments ago, Bradley Chubb actually just headed yes. over to the Miami Dolphins. He was acquired. <laughs> he, he's he's off. He's off the board, if you will, if we take this yep. back to draft talk. Um, then somebody also said, Kareem Hunt, we've got no running back. That's kind of disrespectful, sir. We've got Leonard finding his his way. Um, Braden Cooks has been a big name that's been kicked around. Of course, that would add to the wide receiving core. But once Shaq Barrett was placed on IR yesterday, the team actually re-signed wide receiver Tyler Johnson, um, which was a split emotion okay. from fans there. Some fans were like, he should have never left in the first place, you know, like, Hoorah, he's back. Hoorah is probably such a weird term to use. Um, but yeah, some people were, were psyched to have him back. And then other people were kind of like, no, we could have even, we could have gone out for somebody even better, even more consistent, not, you know, working his way up. Yes, he had a good training camp. All of us, including myself, were very surprised that he ended up on the chopping block for mm -hmm. that 53-man roster. But uh, Tyler Johnson is back. He assigned a practice squad along with cornerback Ryan Smith. Um, so we'll see what, what the Bucks do there. Obviously, I could I could foresee them activating him for Sunday. He knows the system. He knows this playbook. He wasn't gone that long, and he was doing well in training camp, and I think that they're hoping he's going to do better there. I still don't really understand entirely the semantics behind that, um, but clearly they're not ready to rely on the young guys, and they're bringing in another set of hands to catch balls from Brady. Um, so other feedback from fans in terms of the trade deadline, Darren Payne and Bradley Chubb, again, Chubb is off the board, Chubb, another one, a lot of, a lot of requests for Bradley Chubb, which is kind of heartbreaking for fans in yeah. this moment. <laughs> um, but, from the deadline. So whenever you guys listen to this tomorrow, this is all right. happening in real time. Casey and I are, are, you know, tracking and talking information <laughs> and, and trying to get it out to you guys as soon as possible. Um, yeah. So, so that was kind of the top thing was I don't adding know. to the pass rush, but yeah. it doesn't look like that's what's was, going to happen. As I you was going to say with just being an hour left, it doesn't seem like the Bucks are making any moves. And so mm -mm. 
that tells me that they are confident with the group that they have and confident in the abilities of the team that they have Mm -hmm. and will work with those guys to step up and hopefully work with the coaching staff to figure some things out. Um, I do personally believe that this team does have the talent, Casey. Yeah. And that they don't necessarily, especially with some guys hopefully returning that will be healthy here soon. Um, Continue to follow at Jolly Rogers TDS for updates, Jolly Rogers fans. But I do think that with some guys getting a little bit more healthy and when they make their return, I do think that we – that this team still has a lot left in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, from what what Tom Brady said, you know, this team is wanting to move forward. They really are not in a terrible position, although they have not played well and lost their last three games straight. Yeah. They're really not in the worst position based off of how the NFC South mm-hmm. as a whole is playing. Mm-hmm. But there are some people that do need to step up. Mm-hmm. One of those guys... Casey is a guy that we're really hot on at the beginning of the season, but has since had some question marks on his name, mm-hmm. Devin White. Now, Warren Sapp went as far as to say on his Instagram, he posted this on Instagram, and he he was talking over you know a play that Devin White had. And he said that he would take the C off his chest. I yeah. wanted to know that your reaction from that, because we all know what that that we both have been really hot on Devin White at certain times. Mm-hmm. And we both have called him out and saying that he's not being the leader that he needs to be. What do you think when Warren White, when Warren Sapp says that Devin White needs that C stripped from his from his uniform? I think that. I mean, I I have a lot of emotions wrapped around this answer, but I, and simple, knowing Warren Sapp's personality, knowing what he brought to the field himself, knowing the role that he played for the Bucks, him calling on a leader to be a better leader or strip them of their C is not outlandish to me. Um, I think that Devin White, unfortunately, somewhat shot himself in the foot with that comment in the locker room. I think a lot of people haven't been able to shake the fact that a, a leader, a captain on this team would go as far to say that they got bored and that's why they let off the gas in a game. And I know that we've already kind of hammered that in enough. Um, I did vouch for the fact that I think he used a poor choice of words. Yes. I did vouch for the fact that Devin White is still very young. Um, but on one of the last episodes of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, when you and I were talking about Devin White, Kaylee, I just mentioned the fact that I think for him, he has trouble doing that carpomentalizing. Um, so whenever the media starts getting on him, whenever his number starts getting called, whenever he starts feeling inadequate or like the people are against him, he doesn't manage it well. He doesn't mm. know how to silence the noise and stay in his lane. He doesn't know how to have that tunnel vision because the guy that we got to talk to at training camp a couple months ago and the guy that is showing face week six, seven, eight, or seven, eight, and nine, they're not the same person. And it's disappointing, especially for somebody like uh, like people like us who were, like you said, very hot on him, very excited about what he was going to bring to the team this year, level up from his performance last year. So 
Warren Sapp being a player of the game, being a player of this team, being a leader of this team, um, and and being he one of the top players. Team. He yeah. loves this team. So he's not saying that to be to be rude. He's not saying that just to have news circulating. This is not a viral situation for Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp is calling the captain to the table and saying, you're not acting like a captain. And unfortunately, I have to stand by that. Devin White's maturity and and I, I, it's just really maturity. Devin White's immaturity is just really showing here. And, and it's sad because you just saw a completely different person before the season. And I think he yeah. needs to find a way to shut out the noise and hop off social media. I mean, look, social media is honestly just a double-edged sword for most of these young guys in the league. They yeah. don't know how to manage it without shooting themselves in the foot. It's a terrible look to let your emotions run you on social media and then to delete it moments later when you realize you're not going to get much support with the crap that you're putting out there. And then when you do that, that just imposes more negative and inflicts more you know, negative attention and feelings to yourself, whether you were right or wrong. Um, yep. So I think a big that's a big part of it too. And I'm sure from sure Sap saw that whole commentary and saw some of the the outbursts on social media from white and realizes as somebody who didn't have social media in his time as a leader on this team it's bs and it's not going to fare well here and it's nothing that a captain would feed into so no um devin white's not acting like a captain and this moment and i don't know how much accountability he's really taken kaylee that leads me into a fantastic question i was Oh, looking forward to asking you about this and really diving into accountability. That is the exact word <laughs> that I am so glad that you used because a lot of people have been speculating and wondering where the accountability is on this team. Mm -hmm. Who was holding anyone accountable? Because last year we saw Bruce Arians hold people accountable. We saw him get into people's faces. We mm -hmm. saw him show emotion, show frustration. Todd Bowles is a different person than Bruce Arians and he's allowed to be a different person, yeah. but we don't see that same level of frustration, not mm -hmm. externally. He doesn't, he doesn't show it. He doesn't call out players in the same way that Bruce did. He doesn't get in their faces like Bruce did and he can lead differently. I'm not saying everyone has to be the same, right? But the question is, is there accountability and is perhaps the cinching point of this team and of the quote unquote demise that they have struggled with so far this season, the fact that they don't have accountability on the, on the entire team, mm -hmm. you lose this guy, Bruce Arians, who was the guy that held everyone accountable and I'm wondering, who is that person? Where are they? Who's Does next? Todd Bowles do this? Does Tom Brady do? I mean, who is the guy that's holding people? I mean, Devin White, he's supposed to be a captain. Is he holding other people? Is he holding himself accountable? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I see it. And I'm interested in your perspective. Where is accountability coming from on this team? I'm so I'm I'm really glad that you asked this because I've thought about it a lot. Um, especially as of course, you know, the guys were on an extended break here and everybody's opinions are going to fly on social. And so kind of reading through everything, I'm thinking to myself, uh, Kaylee, you said something really important there. Of course, Todd Bowles is different from Bruce Arians and there's nothing wrong with that. What I think happens there though, what I think happens between the different personalities and demeanors, if you will, is that accountability might get lost in translation. Mm -hmm. So while 
Coach Bowles takes a minute at the podium to really say, hey, we're going to evaluate this, or yeah, now it's time to evaluate this, Coach Arians would have hit it on the head immediately in, in the press conference right after. We played like crap. Nobody stepped up. Nobody's being accountable. He would have called everybody to the carpet right then and there. Whereas it takes a few press conferences to get it out of Coach Bowles. Now, a couple of theories for me is either age or just coaching style or, you know, when you're the defensive coordinator of a team, when you're defensive minded, when you create certain bonds and relationships with these guys, it's hard to pivot what that next level of, of leading and coaching is going to look like. So being the coach overall, establishing those bonds and, and rapport that you have with the guys on defense, with the guys on offense, I think a lot of things are just getting lost in translation here. Because um, while we see Brady chewing out the O-line or chewing out whoever after certain things, one person on the team can't be chipping away at everybody. It's not going to land. You know what I mean? It, it, it starts at the head. And while this is Tom Brady's team, it's above that that there needs to be something else, something that someone that the team can look to and not say, hey, you're on the field here with us. You're seeing this from this perspective. What's your opinion? Where's what? Do, who do you think needs to be held accountable? So uh, no, matter, Bulls, no, no matter how high regard you hold Tom Brady at the end of the day, he has like, a coach. He's a he's not a coach and B. Like his time is limited. Mm -hmm. This is his last season with the Bucks. You need someone who has further vision, who yeah. can see out further, who who has some longevity associated with the team that is that is also holding you accountable. Yep. Who knows how to, t you know, a big thing about being a great leader is knowing how to reach different people. You have to be able to understand people, know what their, their learning style is, how they receive messages and be able to reach them. So I just think that there's not, I think that there's a huge translation issue here, if you will, between coach Bowles' demeanor uh, and how he manages his team and, you know, the conversations that he chooses to have. But I agree with you hundred percent, Kaylee. I don't look at this team and feel like there's any accountability. And there's something else that you mentioned too with Devin White that kind of pulls back, ties back into uh, Tom Brady on the Let's Go podcast. He said, we need to play with a lot more emotion, but in a positive way. And I kind of felt the need to depict that a little bit because you and I were saying <laughs> on one of on the post-game podcasts for after the Panthers game, mm -hmm. there's no emotion out there. No, there is zero emotion being played with this team. Yeah. And for him to say more emotion, but in a positive way, that shows you that they're not having the greatest conversations off the field. That shows yep. you that people after a loss, an embarrassing loss, aren't individually saying, crap, I have to do this better, not only for myself, but for my squad, like for my team. You see Mike Evans do it. Even when it's Tom Brady overthrowing the ball to him or, you know, whatever it may be, there's only one question he deflected and said you need to ask Tom about. But other than that, Mike Evans has taken every single situation personally and found a way, found a way to hold himself accountable. Oh, I could have maybe turned my shoulder out a little bit more to make that pass work. Well, it wasn't a great pass, but that's so kind of you to think that there was more body manipulation you could have done to make that happen. And guess what he's probably going to do? Go into practice and figure out how he can manipulate his body to match the velocity, the accuracy or inaccuracy of these passes so that something can come about. That's a leader. That's accountability. Yep. But you're seeing that on 10% of these guys. Yeah. And every captain needs to be out there doing that. And I haven't heard or seen that out of Devin White. And it's and it's a shame. I agree. I agree. And I think that that's why I wanted to bring it up because I don't – it's it's a question that we've talked a lot about 
from top to bottom, Mm -hmm. it seems like there is a lack of accountability in this team. And I understand things are hard when you switch coaches, but there's still has to be more people have to rise to the occasion of going through this transformation, you know? And I, and I, and I do think again, this is not to say that there is not hope and that there will not be this team moving forward. Um, Casey, before we get too far into anything else, are there any other team updates that you want to run through? Um, we went through the updates of injuries and stuff. I know a lot of people have questions about Carlton Davis and will he yes. return? Um, but as for that, we can just more so say that he's still kind of being monitored mm-hmm. in to, you know, have the irritation level of it. Inflammation and irritation is always what it comes down to. The only reason I, I have some question marks there is because they did bring in another cornerback and sign him to practice squad. But as we know, they like to see how far these guys can push their body and make it a game time decision. So with that, um, just to answer fans questions that I've gotten over the past couple of days, I'm not hundred percent to say, Hey, Carlton Davis will return. I think a big part of it is they're going to manage, you know, how much he can tolerate with it, with the issue, with the injury. I don't expect to see Sean Murphy bunting back soon. If anything, I expect to see Carlton Davis back before Sean Murphy bunting. So as you guys know, Nolan Turner, who did well in training camp, has been stepping into that role um, and helping out back there. Zion McCollum has done better and better game by game. This extended break, hopefully fingers crossed have allowed these guys to have multiple opportunities, many opportunities to you know, work with the young guys, kind of establish what people's roles are going to be while certain guys are out and moving forward past that second half line of this season. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if we'll see Carlton Davis back. The good news is that the Ravens aren't particular the Ravens, the Rams, excuse me, guys, are not particularly having their strongest performances as of late. And they're another Super Bowl winning team that was expected to do way better. So um that was my last leak of news there is answering any questions about the secondary. Um, and then we mentioned those two signings of Tyler Johnson coming back and Ryan Smith coming back question for the fans though, and make sure you follow us over at Jolly Rogers TDS so that you can answer these questions or ask any other questions that you guys may have. But uh, let us know what you guys think about Tyler Johnson re- returning. Are we excited about yes. this? Do we think that he can contribute? Do we think he can build off of the positive momentum that he was brewing uh, over you know, training camp before he was being released. And maybe he has more of a chip on his shoulder coming back to this team. Um, So we want to hear from you guys over at Jolly Rogers TDS, and then be sure to catch me and Kaylee also on Twitter at the sports case, K A S E at Kaylee, Mizell, spelled all the way out, which Kaylee, you mentioned a few things. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like we should just get right into it. Let's do it. You said that Tom Brady mentioned that everybody else in the NFC isn't doing too hot right now either. So there's kind of an opportunity there. There certainly is an opportunity. Casey, the Falcons lead. Get this through your mind. Lead the NFC South. The Falcons, who almost <laughs> lost to the Panthers this past week. The only reason they didn't is because of uh, two missed field goals, right? And then uh, um, a, a a call because <laughs> some, you know, more got in the face of some guy and they unsportsmanlike conduct, right? Like, mm-hmm. And that's what moved the uh, kicker back and he missed. He missed it, right? 
Yep. So the Falcons, who almost, like, almost, I just want to make sure that this is out there, almost lost to the Panthers, are 4-4, four and four, sitting at 500. They lead the NFC South. Below them, the 3-5 and five Bucks and the 3-5 and five Saints. Below them, the 2-6 and six Panthers, who, again, <laughs> almost beat the Falcons, did beat the Bucks. Like, it's so weird how things are going. Bad it's juju. so weird. Um, but this does leave everything open because mm-hmm. guess what? You're only one win behind the top team. Mm-hmm. And the Falcons, while they're somewhat better than we thought, they're also not amazing because they almost just lost to the Panthers. Right. So <laughs> no one. It's like you don't know what to expect from week to week in this NFC South division. Everything is so weird. It's so confusing. And what that means to me is that you have to make the most of every single opportunity, yep. especially when you're playing someone within your division. Every every game is important, but mm-hmm. especially when you're taking on another team within the division. So that being said, there is a lot of room for this team to move forward because they only have a few division games mm-hmm. under their belt. So they still have like quite a you know they still have to play the Falcons, Saints and Panthers again. Like right. all over again. Um, so if they're able to win out in those three games, those are three very crucial games. If they're able to win out and then pick up some other wins along the way, mm-hmm. this Bucks team is going to put themselves in a the very solid position headed into the playoffs. Yeah. And it's crazy to say, but it's true. I know. That's what I was about to say. I'm like, believe it or not, as frustrated as we all are, playoffs aren't particularly out of reach. And uh, Jolly Rogers and Touchdown fans, that's kind of why we just jumped, instead of doing power rankings on this episode today, we just kind of jumped into Salem to the South because you got to you gotta attain the small goals to yes. get to the big picture there. And so when, when you heard a lot of the feedback being the hyper focus of how can they manage to get back to the top of the NFC South and stay at the top of the NFC South – Getting to the top is what's going to put them in reach of playoffs yet again. So you put it perfectly, Kaylee. You don't know what you're going to expect out of this division week by week. Um, And the terrifying part of this is we had so much to say about people claiming that the Panthers could sit at the top of the NFC South. And while that seemed impossible up until, I don't know, two weeks ago, Do I still think it's possible? Not particularly because three teams ahead are going to have to really just start failing as, yeah, as a unit. I mean, it would be um, tank. But yeah, but just to think that they almost got they almost got in that conversation seriously know, is so the part wild. that freaks me out. It is so but wild, Casey. Three games I think that they can manage. I, I think that for one, Brady has mentioned some things that the team has recognized and, and is focusing on. So something to look forward to uh, when Kaylee and I break down the matchup versus the Rams this Sunday is that Brady mentioned that where they're basically failing is that they're being forced to be a one-dimensional team. When you're playing from behind, you end up one-dimensional rather than being a two-dimensional team. The two-dimensional issue here or where they lack that that second dimension is because there's no run game. Yeah. So we know where their focuses are going to be again, addressing those small goals that tally to the big picture. So if they can figure out, okay, how do we start establishing a run game? 
behind this offensive line with this quarterback, with these running backs, because I don't think, again, it's not one issue here anymore. It's just a big colossal mess that needs to be cleaned up and tidied uh, corner by corner, space by space. And so their focus is going to be to become more two-dimensional, not overly focus on, on the passing game, bailing them out. And this 10 day break hopefully has allowed some people to heal, but has also allowed them to get those extra days of practice in to figure out a realistic way to become two dimensional again. Um, Cause now they don't have the pressure of a quick turnaround number one or a normal turnaround time number two. So there's things here that, that still create hope. Um, something Brady just kept saying over and over again is, you know, basically they're not going to give in. They're not going to subdue to what's, what the circumstances are and the back-to-back-to-back losses here. They're going to keep fighting. They're going to keep doing everything yeah. they possibly can, and they have an ability to do so. Rams are not the hot, on, on the hottest streak right now. If you watch enough film, you can kind of really see where they're, where they're beatable. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be a chance that they play without Cooper Cup this weekend, which is always the problematic player for this Bucks team and this Bucks defense and play calling, if you will, for crying out loud. And then after that, they they put their legs to the test. Hopefully, they're wearing their compression socks because they take a nice long flight over to Germany. They need to be doing their high knees, Casey. Didn't oh. you learn anything from <laughs> Russell Wilson this week? Yes. High knees, high, high, knees, knees, high knees on the plane. How for four far is just too far between like – Trying to make a point to people. For four hours, you got to do high, your high knees. You got to do your workout while everybody I, else is sleeping on the plane. I would have been um, really agitated. On I'm that looking plane. at you. <laughs> I don't know, like my AirPods cannot come in hot enough to just ignore the situation around me. Um, but yes, <laughs> high knees and compression socks on their way to Germany to take on a Seahawks team that knows how to score. Which Casey is know how to going defend. to. So for coverage, be sure to follow Casey at the Sports Case and follow us at Jolly Rogers TDS. Casey yes. is going to be in Germany for coverage of that game <laughs> as the Bucks take on the Seahawks. And Casey, this is going to be a really exciting game. Um, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but like going to Germany to do that is going to be so cool. What are one of the things that you're most excited to do? So many things. So, of course, while while we're there for football, um, if most people don't know by now, I, I was a military grad, grad, grad growing up. The words are failing me today. Um, military brat growing up. So at one point, my parents were stationed in Frankfurt, Germany, and it was one of the greatest experiences that they just love to talk about. Um, And another fun little fact, because they were stationed in Frankfurt, when they ended up coming back to the States and stuff, uh, in my household growing up, my, my parents would say German phrases to me and my sisters. So, you know, there's, there's parts of German that I, that I've grown up with. Um, and because while my mom was there, of course, military wives are trying to figure out like, how long are we going to be here? Do I get a job? Do I do this? Do I do that? So while she's walking around with a book, trying to translate everything through these little, uh, villages in Germany and stuff outside of Frankfurt, uh, she ran into an artist who created a painting for her of their of their housing on base that we have in our house. So there's a lot of sweet cool. memories that I've heard of when it comes to Germany. Yes. Um, Frankfurt's shortly outside of Munich. So I'm, I'm excited to maybe roll through Frankfurt, see a lot of the things that my parents talked about growing up. Uh, put my German to the test. I've, I, oh, yes. I have been practicing outside of what my parents have done, you know, phrase-wise growing up. Um, we will see. I will keep you guys posted on that. I'm sure I'll have a lot of embarrassing videos of me attempting to speak German uh, to a German. 
but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited to, to get overseas for one. I'm excited to see American football being played in Germany because uh, London's usually been the hotspot and that's what opened the door to this opportunity to begin with. I'm excited to kind of see some grounds that my parents got to explore when they were younger. And um, we're going to work our way out of Germany towards London, flying out of London to come back home. So that will be so fun. And some great food that you're going to experience. German food oh. is like the perfect football food, like the pretzels and the brats. And yes, the brats. The perfect. Brats and beer is what everyone's exactly. here for. It's the perfect football food. You're going to have so much fun. So again, fans, for coverage, be sure to follow Casey at the sports case. That's K-A-S-E. Um, but one thing, Casey, looking at this schedule is that they, they, while they need to figure things out fast, mm -hmm. there is also a little bit, it also feels like there's a little bit of time. Like you just need to take one step forward each week. Mm -hmm. We mentioned before the NFC South and division and, but those games aren't until December and January. Right. Um, you can't just not take care of the rest of your schedule. You still need to go to work and move forward every single game. However, there's some room. There is some wiggle room within here so you can slowly take one step forward. I know that we we circled some games at the beginning of the season. I don't know yeah. if the Rams game is as circled as I said at the beginning of the season, but probably they're one of their toughest tests is going to be on December 11th when they take on the 49ers, especially now that the Niners have Christian McCaffrey. And especially since this defense has not proven to do well against the run game. So that's something that they do need to get figured out before December. Mm -hmm. But Casey, there is some, there's some good news on the front between um, potentially also the return of Ryan Jensen, which there were some whispers yeah. you know, about maybe he would be returning in November. And I don't know if you guys know this, but today is November 1st. Oof. So we're already Thanksgiving, I think they said, right? Like Do a little, little nuggets of, of Thanksgiving. They were kind of, yeah, alluding. alluding to maybe mm -hmm. in and around the bye week around that period of time that we, that there is a possibility of us seeing Ryan Jensen back. So again, there's lots of things to be hopeful about, yeah. even though there are a lot of things that still need to happen right on this Bucks team. There needs to be a lot of accountability. Devin White needs to step up. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that need to happen, but there's also a lot of hope. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think between getting, getting past this Rams game and seeing what new – elements new positivities new emotions they can apply to this game as well as well great better play calling um then they have that test versus the seahawks in germany seahawks more of an offensive team not much of a defense so that's going to be a shootout for these guys or a great test for the defense to show up yep. and they have that bye week to breathe so i think everybody knew and we talked about it too during training camp um and everyone was really talking about it the front end of, of this buck schedule was going to be hefty was going to be challenging mm -hmm. it wasn't challenging where we thought the challenge was going to apply no. but if you will there was there was there was enough speculation that it would kind of play out similar to this in terms of the record um but you you know there was there was if ifs and wins about the cowboys game the saints game um, and then the close calls have been with teams that they should have had more control over. So kind of getting that break, getting a little bit of an ease 
uh, with with a team and a half here, if you will, because we don't know what the Rams are going to show up with package wise come Sunday. But team and a half by week, and then you turn around and open up again versus the Browns, and then after that is where you have the Saints and then the 49ers. So you kind of have breathing room, but yep. you've got to really turn it around kind of quickly as soon as you get yes. that deep breath there because the Browns are kind of hit or miss. They upset the Bengals last night, yeah. put on a show that nobody was expecting. I mean, I most people I know were betting against them. And then 49ers, as you mentioned, and then you go take on the Bengals, who <laughs> lost to the Browns but have been doing a little bit better before that. And then a Cardinals team that is hit or miss. So they're going to have some inconsistency in their schedule of who's going to really apply pressure to them. But it's going to let us see, hey, is playoffs really in reach or not? Can this team – clean up where they need to clean up. Can they get on the same page and they have the opportunities in the windows to get on the same page. Now it's just really up to the guys and this coaching staff. And I just hope that they address this with open minds, realistic minds, and, you know, come figure out what's, what's it going to take for this team to tick as a whole uh, emotionally, as well as, you know, skillfully. So a lot of things to look forward to guys, as we mentioned, definitely let us know your thoughts. Something else to keep in mind aside from the Tyler Johnson question, you know, is it too late for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or is there still time in these little breathing windows for them to bounce back and show that they are a team that deserves to be in playoffs and deserves to not be talked about in the, in, in the categories that they have been talked about as of late, which Kaylee, when we talk about not so great things. We typically save that for one segment in particular, and that is walking the plank. Yep. Do we have any walk the planks today? I think mine is going to be kind of what I alluded to earlier in this conversation about accountability. And mm -hmm. I'm going to specifically call out, I guess, the captains and the coaching staff because I, yeah. I haven't seen always accountability in them. I think that you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, we've seen it from Devin White. We've seen it at times from Tom Brady. Or excuse me, we've seen it from Mike Evans. We've seen it at times from Tom Brady. We haven't seen it from Devin White. Right. And and I don't know if we've seen it from this coaching staff. I can't really pinpoint a time where I feel like they have held oh. this team accountable. So I would say no. So my walk the plank is to the leaders on this team mm -hmm. to step up and be the leaders that they need to be because to move forward, you have to have leadership, you have to have accountability. And so this team is saying, they're saying the right things. They need to go out and do the right things. And they yeah. have to be led by a leader who's already doing the right things. So step I up. You said that perfectly. Yeah. There's no better way to put that. Um, can I do like a future walk the plank? If yeah. you will? I so love it. I'll make it situational. Anyone who doesn't take this, this, 10 day break, I believe it was. And, and that last painful, mm. embarrassing loss at home, show up at home, right. And show up as a new person. There's, there's always ways to grow, reinvent yourself, recreate yourself, especially as an athlete. You can tell when a guy hits the field, did he take that downtime seriously? And did he apply himself as you just said, Kaylee? So I'm going to have a future walk the plank here that we'll circle back to yep. after that Rams game. But anyone that didn't take full advantage of this downtime, really kind of look within, really take time to sit with their team, have those extra meetings, have that extra practice time, and just take it all very seriously. Remove your pride, remove your individualism from this, and remember it's a team sport, and that's the only way they're going to cross this finish line. Then they're the ones that are going to have to walk the plank. But yep. next week. So I think you had a great one. Piggyback off of that and then kind of throw my future. I love walk it. the blank out there. And I, I hope it's nobody. I hope everybody I hope comes it's with a nobody. refreshed mindset. 
Agreed. Agreed. I 100% am on board with you. And Casey, we will find out. We will have another Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns episode for you all previewing and setting you up for success as you go into and watch this game as the Bucks take on the Rams. Can they and will they turn things around? We will have the latest for you. So be sure to download and subscribe wherever you guys get your podcasts. It's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. That's Apple or Spotify, wherever Google podcasts, there's so many different places, but I'm telling you the best place to go to get your podcast is the Odyssey app. They have so many extras, so many other little things that you can access within the Odyssey app. So go download the app, download Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, turn on that auto download button. So anytime we come out with a new episode, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, All of the episodes will just go straight into your phone, into your little earbuds while you're on the route to dropping off your kids, picking up your morning coffee, doing your workout or whatever you do in your mornings. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us at Jolly Rogers TDS on social media. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can follow me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can follow her at the sports case. That's K-A-S-E. And we'll see you next time. 